0: the actual secret sauce that has developed and my superpower is that I generally find something fascinating in everybody that I meet. I'm very, very interested in you. And I know that there's this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that's every man I meet is in some way my superior. And from that I can learn from him.
2: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gretch from the IMCEO podcast, and I appreciate you listening to this episode. If you've been listening this year, you know that we hit 1,600 episodes at the beginning of this year, we're doing something a little bit different where we're repurposing our favorite episodes around certain categories, topics, or as I like to call them, the business pillars that we think are going to be extremely impactful for CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, and what I like to call CB Nation architects who are looking to level up their organizations. This month, we are focusing on finishing it out. Fighting the good fight and closing out the job. And I think just as important as it is to start something, it's even more important in how you conclude it or finish it out. So if you think of the different things that you can finish out, it could be everything from a project, it could be from a day, it could also be. From a business in and of itself. And it can also, of course, be for the year. So when you think of finishing out, I want you to really think of these episodes because what we're going to really focus on is the last question that we really ask, which is defining what it means to be a CEO. And all the creative, innovative, and I think truly insightful questions that we receive from this question is really what we want to highlight during the show. But of course, we want you to enjoy the entire episode and think about how you're going to finish things out and how you're going to finish things things out strongly. So sit back and enjoy this special episode of the I Am CEO podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Pablo Gonzalez of Connect with Pablo. Pablo, it's awesome have you on the show. Gresh, I am happy to be here, my man. appreciate it. No problem. Appreciate you. And what I wanted to do was just read a little bit more about Pablo so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Pablo has had success in Fortune 500 companies, multinational companies, and his entrepreneurial ventures alike. He has had success in the construction industry, the tech industry, and the nonprofit world. And he attributes all of it to one skill set people skills. He's a guy that definitely wants to be your friend, a guy whose goal in life is to prove the value of human connection in all aspects of your life, starting with convincing the world that the future of business development is community-centered, community creation, I should say. He's a chief executive connector in his latest venture, Connect with Pablo. Pablo, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community?
0: That intro just made me so happy, man. I love how that sounds. Yeah, dude, I'm ready. I'm ready to
2: go. I, I'm ready too. I'm excited to find out that I'm your friend. So that helps kick everything off on the right foot. But I wanted to hear a little bit more about what I call your CEO story. and What led you to get started with your business?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to keep this as concise as possible because I find that on a lot of podcasts, it's like you give this whole 20 minute backstory and then you leave no time to get value. So, <laughs> man, I, I graduated college when the world was just booming in construction. I went to work for a Fortune 500 builder in this executive and training program that moved me out to California where I was running a 100, $150 million business for them. And uh, I'm sorry, I was running a $15 million business. It was a 1.5 million a month. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> I, I was so running I, a fifteen million okay. business for them. I had like 150 employees. Okay. Out there, I became a green building expert, just by osmosis, being out in California, doing this stuff when 2008 hit and the world ended, when it came to construction, I reinvented myself as a green building expert, moved back to Miami where I grew up. And I became a, I started a green building consulting company that two years in got acquired by my biggest customer. That was a hospital builder, university, big public project builder. Nice. I went in house as director of sustainability. And in like a year and a half, I went from being this like super hungry entrepreneur that was just like educating the market and doing all these things and like killing the eat to like, Super fat and happy with all my processes figured out under this big thing, and I really wasn't working that hard. Mm-hmm. So I had to reinvent myself again because I thought that if anybody ever took a look at how little I was actually doing on a day to day basis, I'd get fired. <laughs> and luckily, I got really involved in the community. And at that point, I started a couple different young professional groups for a couple different charities that put me on the board of these charities and this economic development agency in Miami. And then these things happened in succession where one, the CEO of the company that I was at got invited to be on this City for Smart uh, Smart Cities panel at the Economic Development Agency of Miami and he didn't want to go. So they sent me in his stead and I shared the stage with a couple of like really heavy hitters, the head of Latin America for Cisco Systems and the head of the Smart Cities Initiative for, I forget what economic development agency, but it's like the World Bank type of stuff. And I just sat down, I delivered my thing on how sustainability fits into all this stuff. And at the end of the event, I had a line of six people deep waiting to talk to me, which was a major aha moment for me in thinking, hey man, if I'm up on stage, I generally am seen as someone way smarter than I think I am, essentially, right? (laughs) So I then took that and applied that to what I was dealing with at work and I wanted to become more valuable and I wanted to be more of a business developer. So I reached out to this developer that was doing this controversial project that had this sustainable component called transoriented development which is they're building this project that encourages public transportation use. So Mm -hmm. I reached out to him. I said, I wanna have this panel about transit oriented development, talk about your project, put you on stage with a politician on the board of one of my charities and a land use attorney that I've done a bunch of project with. And I invited my young professional groups that I had been stewarding to to show up. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, having that event for that guy brought them to the table with a $100 million contract for my company. And boom, nice. I'm a business developer. right? So that was a major transition point there. Then I started thinking, I want to test this whole having a community, leveraging stages model in an industry that isn't construction. I was hoping to expand my reach outside of Miami. And as luck would have it, I had the chance to join this Amazon software for sellers, startup company. And I, what I didn't realize, I was, and that was in my network again, somebody that I knew, friend of a friend, and I was so excited at the opportunity that I jumped on a burning ship without even looking. So in the first two months of me being there, we went from 500 users to 300 users, and I'm the VP of business development, right? So not a good look for your boy. Right. And everything that I had planned on doing was now very limited by, by, my, by our cash flow. So I went to work doing what I knew that I know how to do, which is create a little community, make that into a stage, leverage that. Mm. So at that point, I reached out to the 12 our most important customers that were all doing two to $10 million a month, a year on Amazon, started planning these biweekly calls where we would provide a little bit of content and then we'd go around the table like, hey, what are you struggling with? How can we all help and give each other advice? Within a couple of months, everybody was like best friends. We planned this like trip to Panama. We spent three days touring the Panama Canal, partying and getting to know each other, doing SWOT analysis of each other's businesses and adding value. And out of that trip, we garnered all this knowledge that we then created a new course around that we sold for 5,000 bucks a pop, which was a big cash raise for us. And then right. we created this event six months later where eight of them traveled to Jacksonville to present to the rest of the customer base that was paying a thousand bucks to be in this event about what they're good at. To so put them on the stage, what I had seen. Right. At the end of that year, I felt that I did what I needed to do inside this company. i proved that my thing works. I feel like I saved the company through what was a really, really hairy situation that had nothing to do with me. And I said to my partner, this was a fun experiment. I don't think I really want to build anything with you anymore. So I went on this 90-day purposeful pause to where I had some money in the bank. I had proven these things out to myself. I had to figure out how to package it. And I wanted to figure out where I want to be in 10 years as opposed to what my next opportunity is going to be, mm. which as somebody that loves connecting and I'm always networking and I'm pretty well-spoken, and I always get offered a bunch of stuff and I fall in love really quickly. So I didn't want to make the same mistake. Right. So I took 90 days and I booked these five conferences where I started, it was like the Gary Vee conference, the Ryan Moran capitalism conference, the Grant Cardone 10X conference, the Russell Brunson ClickFunnels, like all these like influencer led conferences and after the Gary V one, I started thinking, man, all these people here are real sharp. They're, they're doing big things, but they're coming here thinking that listening to Gary on stage is going to change their life, mm-hmm. uh, which whatever, man, Get, listen, Gary's podcasts have changed my life too, but I got it in podcast form. Mm-hmm. And while these people were all talking out to the same five or six people that they came there with or the few people they met, I was walking away with like 15, 20 new friends per day. Mm -hmm. So by the second conference that I got to, I was like, all right, these people don't have the same reps and networking and relationship building on the fly like I have had by being part of these charities that I was a part of in Miami, right? Like I'm at at like a networking happy hour two, three times a week doing that stuff. And then eventually when you're on committees, you're like on stage introducing someone, then you're on like panels, right? So like all these different skill sets. So I started introducing myself as a professional networker and people were like, oh, okay, I want to talk to this guy. What's up with this? I never heard of this. And all this time, I'm thinking I, I'm just trying to figure out where I want to be in ten years, not like how I'm monetizing my next thing. At Grant Cardone's conference, I started realizing all the different ways you can monetize being on stage, from the the fee that you would get as a speaker to how you can capture the lead and then nurture it, and then the info products and all the different things, events, all the different kinds of things you could do. That was a big. That was a big finding for me. It was this guy, Pete Vargas' presentation. And again, I keep adding people to my list of people that I'm meeting at at all these things. And then I went to Russell Brunson's and I got to really understand the infopreneurship business model. So I I finished this 90 days with a real clear picture of how I can monetize just about anything because I went through all these. But more importantly, I had a new Excel sheet of 300 people that I've met that I'm like following up with, that I have categorized with, wants and needs and what they do and, and, and things of the sort. And I started trying to work that into a business model. And at first I thought, man, I have this speech that I gave before I left Miami about the value of networking, how to do it, tips and tricks of someone that's always done. And I thought I can go on stage and then I can have this training course in the background with a book of like free book plus shipping and then an upsell. And as I kicked that down the stream, people kept asking me, why don't you, why don't you, have, why don't you have a mastermind? Like I, I would love for you to put together a mastermind. And I really wasn't, comfortable with the idea of charging people to be my friend at this point in my life which i I mean i was in college i was in a fraternity so Mm -hmm. and then at one point as i'm exploring and i'm still seeking my i get introduced friend of a friend to this guy brendan kane who had managed a big movie studios digital media department for seven years then went off on his own to build some big platforms for a couple of really famous people like Taylor Swift and Rihanna and whatever. And then after all that success, he was getting tired of everybody telling him it's easy to build these followings for celebrities. So he devised the formula and he said, I can do this for anybody. In 30 days, he built a million followers for himself. Then he wrote a book about it. Now he's touring everywhere, speaking and getting these like big consulting contracts. Nice. So when I talked to him, I was just kicking his brain about how do I become a professional speaker? Because I was trying to break into that, right? Because I value stages more than anything, right? That's why I'm So grateful to be on your podcast, to be on your stage. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. After I'm done like picking his brain, I approach it like I approach all relationship building. And I'm like, how can I help you, man? How can I be of value to you? And I'm not really sure. I'm like, what are you struggling with? And he's like, man, I've got this this group that, I'm killing it getting these like $20,000, $30,000 consulting contracts, but I want to scale my influence and I want to help more people. And I've got a couple of groups that I'm trying to do that's like a $1,000 a month consulting group and a $50 a month group coaching group. And I'm not getting people to stay on, I'm not paying enough attention to what I need to be doing and I'm just off doing other things. And I'm like, dude, this is exactly what I did at the last place that I was at. And I'd be happy to give you everything that I've learned from it or schedule a couple of calls and let you do your thing or schedule a couple of calls and workshop it out with you and then you go do your thing. Or if you want, I can send you a proposal of exactly how I would implement it. What would you pay me for? This is what I would do. He's like, that's what I want to do. I want to provide as much value as I can to, to, to my people. I want somebody that's done this to just show up and tell me, how to, tell me where to swing, man, and I'm going to hit home runs. And that's how it started. That makes perfect sense.
2: I wanted to, and you might have already touched on this, I want to ask you for what I call your secret sauce. And this might have been what you already touched about, but it's whatever you feel makes you unique and makes you different.
0: The actual secret sauce that has developed and my superpower is that I genuinely find something fascinating in everybody that I meet. I'm very, very interested in you. And I know that there's this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that's every man I meet is in some way my superior and from that I can learn from him.
2: Incredible, superpower and, and an example of a secret sauce. So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And this might be an Apple book or a habit that you have, but something that makes you
0: more effective and efficient. I think that the way that I reach out to people via email or via inst- or hit them on the DM or whatever I'm doing, mm. I have a formula for it and I think it works really well. i would be happy to give two, right? Like I have a formula for that and I have a formula for how I make intros. Okay. But when I'm reaching out to somebody, I always start with the word you instead of I. Because when you take a selfie of a group of people and you pass it around, what's everybody looking at?
2: Themselves.
0: Themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so if you start with the word, you're more likely to get that person's attention. The other thing is when I introduce people, right? Like I said, I look at everything as stages. When I introduce two people, and this is a big part of why I'm successful is because I like connecting people. I use that as a stage as well. So I write a little paragraph about each person and why they're freaking awesome and why I think they're awesome. And then I say, I think the two of you would get along great together because you're both extraordinary people.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's perfect. And I, lo- I love the strategic step-by-step process by which you do that. So now I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget, and that is a word of wisdom or piece of advice, or if you can happen to a time machine would you tell
0: your younger business self? I'd say the biggest mistake that everybody makes is assuming that the person that you're speaking to is already thinking what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean that you never start a conversation with anybody. You are simply entering a conversation that's already going on in someone's head.
2: Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Pablo, what just being a CEO means to you?
0: Being a CEO is having an opportunity at true success. The way that I define true success, it has four steps. The first one is find something that you love doing that you're really, really good at. Step two, find a way to use that to serve others. Step three is find a way to monetize that while still being genuine. So you are Doing something you love, that you love doing, that you're really good at, you're serving others with it, and you're also making some money on it because you're creating so much value that people want to pay you, not because you have to trick them into being your customer. And then number four is the definition of true success, which is building a business around that to the point where you have freedom. And by freedom, I, I don't mean the freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want. The freedom is the doing.
2: Absolutely. Pablo, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your, your work even more and all the awesome things you're doing to make you know the world a better place. I wanted to pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And then of course, how best they can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you're working on.
0: I'm always trying to help people. Best way to reach me, my email address is youshould@connectwithpablo.com. at My Instagram is pgstorytelling, so Pablo Gonzalez Storytelling, pgstorytelling. And my website is connectwithpablo.com.
2: Definitely. I definitely appreciate you. I appreciate all the, the value bombs that you dropped today. We will have those links in the show notes as well so that everybody can connect with Pablo as the, the, the saying goes. And appreciate your time again. And I hope you have a great rest of the day.
0: You too, man.
1: Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community.